Welcome to the Birthful Podcast. I'm Adriana Lozada, and today we'll be talking about water birth. Are there any benefits to giving birth in water? Are there any risks? What about if you're considering a VBAC? Why has there been so much controversy around water births, and what does the evidence say? Barbara Harper is here to tell us more. Stay tuned. This episode of Birthful is brought to you by Natural Breastfeeding and their free quick start video, which shows you a simple technique to prevent nipple pain and the easiest way to help your newborn latch and for you to produce enough milk for your baby. Go watch it at naturalbreastfeeding.com. The Birthful Podcast, talking to maternity pros to inform your intuition. Hello, Mighty Mamas and Mamas-to-be and Mighty Dads and Dads-to-be. As always, thank you for listening and for all the love you give the show. It makes me super happy to read the reviews that you leave on iTunes because one, it lets me know that this thing we're doing together is making a difference, but two, because each review on iTunes helps us go up in the rankings, which in turn means that more mamas will get to go see it and go, what is this? And then click and listen and start gobbling up all the past episodes and learn a ton and have better pregnancies and birth and postpartums than if they hadn't listened in the first place. And all that is thanks to your review. So if you haven't written one yet, what are you waiting for? Please go do that. I really, really appreciate it. And a rating or review. So you can also just leave stars. Thank you in advance. Today, we're going to be talking about water birth, which in fact was a topic request from Maria G. Um, quite a bit of a while ago. But even though we weren't able to make this episode happen before she had a baby, I think Thank her so much for her suggestion, as it does help inform many other mamas. So please keep those suggestions coming in as well. If you have, if you want me to do a show on a certain topic, tell me. All right. So to talk about this water birth thing that I just mentioned, I have with me none other than Barbara Harper, who is an internationally recognized expert on water birth and gentle birth and has dedicated her life to changing the way we welcome babies into the world. Barbara founded Water Birth International in 1988 to ensure that water birth was an available, is an available option for all women. Over the past four decades, Barbara has worked in many areas of nursing, including OB and pediatrics. She has been a home birth midwife, midwife instructor, doula and doula trainer, and childbirth instructor. She has taught unique seminars within hospitals, midwifery, nursing, and medical schools, and community groups in over 60 countries. She provides certification training programs for hospitals so that they can integrate water immersion for labor and birth into their maternity units. And she has permanent cons consulting contracts with large hospital corporations in China and India. Barbara has authored many journal, journal articles and the highly acclaimed book and DVD, Gentle Birth Choices. Her next book, Birth, Bath, and Beyond, The Science, Safety, and Spirit of Birth in Water, will be published next year. Barbara lives in Boca Raton, Florida, where she is an active volunteer in her community as a midwifery and doula mentor and teacher. Barbara, thank you for taking time off your busy schedule to come talk to us today. Oh, you're very welcome, Adriana. This is delightful. So before we started recording, we were talking a little bit about how much you've you've traveled and flown this year. And you were saying just between January and July, you've raked in more than about 100,000 miles. 
oh, over 100,000 miles. <laughs> Yikes. Um, I'm a one million mile flyer for United and they give out little awards, one sitting on my desk uh, when I reached my first million miles with United. But that took me 27 years uh, of flying uh, with Mileage Plus on United. Because you've been doing this a long time, spreading the word and getting... So what do what what is it you're doing around the world? Well, I, um, uh, I initially started my very first uh, presentation about water birth was for the Royal College of Midwives in London in 1987. And I went with my two small, well, three small children. Um, my, my daughter is the oldest. She's now 38. Um, my middle son is 32 and my youngest son is 30. And uh, I took them and my husband in tow and on an invitation to come and share my story in front of midwives uh, in London. And we did that in 1987. So that was, that was kind of my first foray of uh, just standing up in front of an audience um, and talking about my personal experience and my journey of finding out about water birth and uh, and spreading the good news. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, sometimes I feel like a missionary, but um, um, but I I like to empower, especially providers and parents as well, but providers with the correct information on the normal physiology of the newborn, the breathing mechanisms, what prevents a baby from taking a breath under the water, what makes water so safe, what makes water so desired and uh, comforting for women. There's there's quite a few aspects. So I have created over the years, uh, I taught my first actual certification course for doctors and midwives and nurses um, in 2007. And it was a physician that came to me and said, I want to do water births in my hospital in Minnesota, um, but the insurance company says I have to show a paper that I've had education. Well, she had been to several of my conferences. I put on conferences in 96, 98, 2000, 2002, 2004, um, large uh, public conferences um, and had hundreds and hundreds of doctors and midwives uh, out there um, attending them. But she came and said her insurance provider, her, her liability policy would not allow her to do water births until she had a credential in it. And I was like, a credential? You mean like like you have to have a credential to do neurosurgery, you know? And, and she said, yes, I need a credential in water birth. I said, okay, well then help me create it. And that's what we did. And uh, she was on my board for a little while. Um, Water Birth International is a nonprofit organization or was until uh, about 2011. Um, and um, the, the program in 2007, I advertised it internationally and we had people from 18 countries come and it was amazing. It was amazing. We had about uh, uh, 
uh, oh, I think there were over 150. I remember now there were over 150 doctors and midwives in that first training program. And out of as, as, as a result of that, water birth started in Culiacan, Mexico, in Mexico City, in Guadalajara, in, in, um, uh, in Canada, um, in, um, in China. Uh, there were uh, there were uh, representatives from all over the world, and that's what I keep doing. But every single place I go, Adriana, I my my bottom line message is water's terrific, but let's get gentle birth happening first. Um, and you know, you can work it either way gentle birth first and and respect for women and respect for the babies and understand the normal physiology of of labor um, and birth itself and newborn transition or you can start with water birth and work your way into gentle birth so i don't care if the baby's born in the water or on the bed as long as you understand the process and leave it alone to happen on its own, give the woman the respect that she needs, the baby the respect that he, uh, that he or she needs, and 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 push it forward in the sense that women um, know how to do this and babies know how to to um, emerge uh, from their neurological programming, and um, and then design your programs and your education in your medical schools, your nursing schools, your midwifery schools, with the truth, not all of the oh my gosh, all the fear and and all the yes, we have to study the complications, but those are extremely rare. Mm-hmm. Um, and nobody teaches normal birth anymore. <laughs> Which is the tough part. And I think I've seen a lot of changes and maybe have too in the past. You know, I've been a doula for almost 10 years now. And and it's there's been like an awakening. There's been I see moms be more mindful and more questioning of like, wait a second. Is this how is this supposed to feel? And how does so I think we are getting more of that awareness to yeah. to question like are we doing the best thing and things are changing it's interesting in what you were talking to me before it goes back to i find one of the big stumbling steps in this is that requirement for a paper from the insurance there's there's that overarching mentality that first and foremost you've got to please make sure insurance is okay with it Insurance companies rule the world, Adriana. You know that, um, unfortunately. But on the on the positive side, mm-hmm. um, I, I used it. I went to insurance companies and say said, "Hey, um, we've got this program. Uh, why don't you require the program um, uh, to ensure the safety?" of water birth as it's being taught and integrated into maternity care in the U.S. So uh, so I went to big insurance providers and said, um, you know, we offer a credentialing and certification program for nurses, doctors, midwives. And um, and lo and behold, they started recommending and, and saying, uh, oh, you're interested in water birth? Well, uh, show us your certificates of education from Water Birth International. And, and, it, and it, 
it, it worked well as a as a bridge between those two worlds. If we're going to have insurance companies, let's educate them too. Absolutely. Uh, I remember going to an an, a, uh, an insurance um, meeting in Seattle, Washington, because the state insurance provider there maybe 10 years ago, possibly 15, I kind of lose track of time when you've been doing this for 40 years, but um, the they refused to pay for any home birth that was done by home birth midwife. Um, and it was in water because they said, you know, some some person on a desk, you know, looked at, oh, my God, baby's born in water. That's so dangerous. And so they called the Washington uh, State uh, Association, um, MAWS, uh, Midwives of, of Washington State, um, uh, called me in and, and I wrote uh, a letter and then I came up and um, did a program and and uh, by the end of the of the program, along with the diligent work of the of the Midwives Association of, of Washington State and the women that were involved in that, they they reversed their their initial opinion and water birth was then covered. Mm. But um, it, it it takes things like that. When ACOG came out in 2014 with uh, a statement yeah. questioning water birth, they weren't against it. They were they they were very cautious about their wording. Well, that was no surprise to me, and I, I actually welcomed it and wrote a wonderful journal article for the Journal of Perinatal Education. Uh, called Birth, Bath, and Beyond, the Science and Safety of Birth and Water. And that's what got me onto the title for my for my next book. Um, but I had a relationship with ACOG already. I had sent them in 1995 a large box of every published article on water birth up to and including 1995 with a cover letter that said, look, this is what we're doing. And there's this hospital, and that hospital. And I gave him a list of hospitals. I said, uh, I would like to have your practice committee review the the literature that I've, I've included. And could your practice committee give us an opinion on um, laboring in water and including the actual birth of the baby in water? And I got a very nice letter back from Stanley Zimberg, the head of the practice committee in 1996 um, and 95 and 96. And, and he said, um, uh, you know, thank you, Miss Harper, for all of this information. Um, <clears throat> I have read through it and um, it's an intriguing subject. But until there are large population parentheses, 10,000 or more, uh, randomized controlled trials in um, uh, public institutions published in peer-reviewed journals in the U.S., um, ACOG declines uh, having an opinion or, um, or, or is able to make any statements about water birth. But by 2001, the American Academy of Pediatrics came out against water birth. And then there were articles in 2002, 2003, 2004, 2005, all against in the pediatric journals 
because it was a pol- it was political in nature. And in 2005, ACOG and AAP came together and wrote uh, a scientific review of the literature that I had sent them <laughs> and published an article basically against water birth. And I took that article, which they republished in 2012, republished in 2014, and sat down with an attorney and reviewed every single one of their statements for authenticity to see if there was, if they had redacted anything, if they had left out anything, if they had changed the wording. And oh, yes, they had very much. So truly, it goes back to being political because mm-hmm. what's the one ammunition that as the home birth rates go up and up and up and up in the United States, what's the one tool that they could take away from midwives? Water birth. And up to that point in 2014, there were over 300 hospitals in the U.S. that were offering water birth. And so um, a few of them halted their practices, a few of them. Um, but there's still a, an amazing surge. I am kept busy every day. If you saw my my schedule, it goes into 2018. I am doing a teacher training for um, uh, for midwives or physicians who would like to go on the road as well and do certification workshops for water birth education too. So, it, you know, the the insurance companies started this but started the 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 pushback against it but it's really adriana it's really just simply misinformation and misunderstanding about the normal physiology of labor birth and immediate postpartum. Mm-hmm. As I was researching for this for this uh, podcast, I looked through, and there's a fantastic article on evidence based birth that kind of goes through all. You know, Rebecca's gone. Rebecca Tucker's yeah. gone and done all. Gone through seventy pages of annotated, and I'm sure that that you probably were had in contact with her. And yes, yes. Um, and I encourage our our listeners, our new and expectant moms uh, and dads, to go. And check out, I will put it on the show notes because it works like if you want to know all the reasons why ACOG's and the AAP statement is flawed and what the and also the new research that's come out in the past 10 years that was not necessarily included when they first made that statement. Right. Um, So I will have it on the show notes so that listeners can go and take a look at at that controversy at that. But let's look at the physiology. What are the benefits of water birth? Well, the the primary benefit is the um, uh, the comfort that the mother receives both uh, uh, physically, hormonally, and neurologically, and and her ability to move into any position that she is, that her body dictates, or the baby dictates, because the baby is moving through the pelvis. And as the baby moves through the pelvis in a neurologically timed, sequenced pattern, 
Every baby has a neurological pattern built into their brain. It's a biological imperative. Babies grow without our assistance and babies are born without our assistance. I don't know if you've seen the, the, um, uh, the video that went viral this past week from my friend uh, Lisa Oxenham. She's a midwife in Southern California, and she, she posted a video of a woman giving birth by herself. She was there. She took the film. I always teach in my seminars, um, masterly inactivity means you're watching you are prepared to act if you need to. You're the guardian. You're the guardian of the space. And and you watch the women give birth. And if you need to intervene, you know when to do it. So... Um, so she took the video, and, and I'm, I always uh, joke about it in my seminars. Um, if you feel useless, then pick up a video camera and film it. Um, or knit, knit it's a new uh, knitting, right? <laughs> yeah, knit, knit a sweater or whatever. Um, but she posted it, and in just a few hours, it had 22,000 shares, and it made it to Australia. It made it to the UK. It, it was uh, She got interviewed by the uh, BBC uh, television, <laughs> and what it shows is that this baby, when the mother has the ability to control her body and move with the baby and respond to the baby's movements through the pelvis, she gets into a position that opens her pelvis even more and and the baby literally propels itself out. It's called expulsion. The baby expels itself. The baby is the driver. And as the baby comes into the water, it's an expanded womb. The baby grows in fluid, comes out in fluid, is still attached to a pulsing umbilical cord. The placenta is sending more blood to the baby. And the the things that happen even prenatally that prepare the baby for not being able to move the muscles of the chest wall or the diaphragm. It, they are taken offline for the purpose of birth. Um, the, 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 the chest gets very small so it can go into the birth canal and we don't want the baby uh, doing its fetal breathing movements. So the, the chemicals in the brain actually uh, tell the baby, stop moving as much and focus everything on, on the program that is built into your brain in a timed sequence manner to do these particular movements. It's, it's like a uh, dance instruction um, first, first you move left, then you move right, then you turn your head, then you, you know, um, and, and the baby has all of that programmed in. That's kind of what spinning babies is about, but they don't go into quite that much detail. And I, yeah, we we come at it from a lot of different views, and 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 that you know when when you see the breast crawl, or even you exactly you get to see baby activate these neurological instincts, and and that help imprint the breastfeeding in that case after you know doing the crawl but the same thing when a baby's being born once the head comes out they they turn and so the shoulders can come out and then they turn again so that they you know it's like this corkscrew thing that happens nobody's taught the baby to do that it just no. what you're saying it's it, they know how to do it instinctively 
Well, I, I, I use the example that I was fortunate enough to uh, work in a hospital um, in the mid-1970s that um, uh, gave me my neurological background. I was a, a trained neurosurgical nurse, and I was in charge of a neurosurgical intensive care unit. And I did that for a number of years before I started my midwifery career. And uh, a woman came in um, in the middle of the night one night. She was 40 weeks pregnant, and she'd been in a car accident. She had a head injury, and the doctors didn't know what to do. The, if they did a cesarean, they would kill the mother. If they, um, um, you know, so they they basically put her in my care, and we had uh, the IVs running. She was on a on a ventilator so that the swelling in her brain could go down. And we waited patiently. Her body went into labor and the baby literally crawled out. They didn't give her any Pitocin, nothing, because they were afraid it would interfere with the, with the brain activity. And everybody was like, oh my God, it's a miracle, <laughs> you know? Um, and the nurses uh, who took care of the baby in the nursery, we did. We had just opened a, um, uh, a neonatal intensive care unit. So I worked in the NICU, neuro, neurosurgical intensive care unit. <laughs> so that was my first NICU experience. And then I switched over later to the babies. But um, we brought the baby into the mother every single night. We were crafty little, uh, you know, sneaky, uh, snarky nurses. And my, I told everybody I had read, um, uh, what was it, uh, Birth Without Violence. I had read Joseph Chilton Pierce. I was, I was this rebel with a cause at that point. And, um, and uh, I said, we, we need to imprint the baby with the smell and touch and feeling of the mother. Um, and so even though she was unconscious, we put the baby on her chest and the baby automatically looked for the nipple. And again, we were blown away. It's like, oh, my God, you know, what's going on? And after uh, three nights of this in a row, uh, the mother came back into consciousness. And the first thing she said was, where's my baby? I woke up uh, after she was extubated. She said, I woke up before because I heard my baby crying. And uh, we were all in tears and everybody was just like, oh, my God, my God, this is such a miracle. Well, that that incident had just put it in my brain that said, this was not so much of a miracle as we have limited the ability of the baby to express its innate capabilities from, um, from birth and, um, and um, immediate postpartum. So everywhere I go, I don't just teach water birth. I teach gentle birth and the extreme capabilities of this new human being. And one of the things that is in birth, bath, and beyond is is the beyond. What are we doing to our race, to our human capabilities by ignoring the necessity to wire the brain for connection? And I'm a certified um a kangaroo care consultant, and I think I'm more excited about that um, than 
all of the work that I do, but God gave us water birth so that I could take this message out there because people are curious about water birth more than anything else. Absolutely. And so right now we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll, we'll, because we are interested in water birth, we'll talk more. I want to get into some specifics of, you know, is it safe for VBACs? Is it safe when your group be strapped? Are there any risks? All those good things. But we'll be right back. Hey, Mighty Mama, have you checked out Natural Breastfeeding's Quick Start video yet? No? Then what are you waiting for? Here are three reasons why you need to watch it. First, it was created by world-renowned breastfeeding experts Dr. Teresa Nesbitt and Nancy Moorbacher, two ladies that I truly admire, whom you may also remember from past podcast episodes. Second, I know that natural breastfeeding works since this is exactly what I teach my doula clients to get breastfeeding off to a fabulous start. And third, it's free. The Quick Start video is 38 minutes of solid information that will show you the simplest way to help a newborn latch, as well as the best way to produce enough milk for your baby. And they are not going to ask you to buy any additional stuff at the end. So if you're planning on breastfeeding or got started recently, then you need to watch it. Simply go to naturalbreastfeeding.com to learn more. And we're back and we're talking to Barbara Harper today about water birth and all of the other things as gentle birth uh, related things and how cool it is that babies just know how to be born if we just step back and let them. <laughs> Barbara, talking about water birth, what are some, you know, people have a lot of considerations. Is the water temperature an issue? Is it okay for moms that have the, that are looking for a V-bag to do water birth? Uh, does it matter if your group be strapped? Like, what are the risks? Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, the um, the literature, and by the way, I'm going to send you a copy so that you have it. I'm going to send you a copy of the um, article that I published in uh, 2014 in the Journal of Perinatal Education because it's a real complete piece. It says how the baby breathes. It says um, that the risk of infection is extremely low. It's less in the water than it is on the bed. The... the um, um, beta strep is not a concern, uh, and um, uh, and it's a really good. It was written for childbirth educators so that they could take that information out to their classes and they could distribute the article, and 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 relieve some of the the um, questions that parents uh, have. I think I used to get the main question about water birth was, won't the baby take a breath? Mm-hmm. And now the main question I get is, why can't I have a water birth at my hospital? <laughs> so people have accepted water birth to the point where where they go, oh, yeah, the baby grows in fluid, it comes out in fluid, and it makes sense, and it doesn't take a breath until it meets gravity, 14.7 pounds per square inch, 2 kilos per square millimeter on the baby's face. <clears throat> and that triggers the brain to release a hormone to close the shunts in the heart and it switches over from fetal circulation to newborn circulation the the um, oxygen level goes up in the baby's circulation stimulates the respiratory centers and the baby takes its first breath so that takes a little bit <clears throat> and breech babies and water babies transition exactly the same way 
because it's the face meeting meeting the the gravity and air pressure and um, the contents of the air the the atmosphere um, that trigger this whole mechanism that happens uh, by itself and I always joke that some babies are like the Macintosh computer or the Apple <clears throat> it comes on right away and is ready to work and other babies are PCs um, you turn it on and you wait for the little uh, uh, hourglass to go around and you wait and you wait and eventually it comes on and and it's ready to work um, because not every baby takes a first breath in, a, in an instant and everybody kind of worries about like, oh my gosh, is the baby okay? And we stimulate babies and we rub them and we put hats on them and all of that. And none of that is necessary. One thing that has water birth has taught us is that the baby comes out of the water, goes immediately to the mother's chest. And that's called connection. I call the mother's chest the sanctuary. The sanctuary of the womb is a safe place. It's a safe haven. It lets the baby grow and be undisturbed. And the sanctuary of the mother's chest is a safe place, a safe haven. It lets the baby transition from womb to room um, in a safe and easy way. So water birth has taught us that mothers relax more, um, that their brain gets extra oxytocin, the labor is shorter um, because she actually uh, has the benefits of, uh, uh, of the natural oxytocin that comes from the brain. And the baby benefits because it has this slow unfolding. The, the pressure of the water is so great for the perineum that tears are much less and the baby uh, emerges in a in a slower process it's not and, and women get into any position and I do not encourage women to push in the old-fashioned way of closing your your mouth and holding your breath and and turning purple mm, down no. into 10 and all those things <laughs> yeah no and and the the water does have qualities that allow this woman to put her head back and and let the sound out. Let the ah, I call it the ah effect. And and that's part of the mystery of water birth. But but I I train women when I work with them uh, as a midwife or a childbirth educator to open your throat, let the sound out. It comes naturally. Um, I tell women to sing during their every single contraction that comes. Just pick a tune and sing it, whether it's hallelujah or uh, I had one client that sang uh, 99 verses of Jesus loves me. I mean, I don't care what the sound is or Om or Om Shanti. In India, it's Om Namishnavaya. Um, so as long as sound comes out and that sound resonates through your body. So the, the, the water does not have to be a specific temperature. And I talk about that in the article as well. We thought that it had to 
to be body temperature, uh, 99 degrees, because if the baby emerged into it, that the, the difference between body temperature and water temperature might stimulate the baby to take a breath. But we know now that that is erroneous. That's not true. And so you know, I swim in the ocean here. This is why I moved to Florida. One of the reasons that I moved to Florida is so I could swim in the ocean as as uh, much as possible. And I always stay home in July and August because that's the warmest uh, ocean temperature. It's 85. I could stay in there all day. I could give birth in that ocean um, mm-hmm. and it would be perfectly fine. Uh, we want a water temperature that is ambient temperature. Uh, it's like uh, skin temperature, air temperature, um, and um, and it's it's it, it the mother has to be comfortable, but also if she's in the water for any part of her labor, she has to push fluids, she has to drink. Uh, I have women drinking uh, actually in China. You're not allowed to drink anything but hot water, and so I put some teaspoons of honey in it. So I have them drinking hot water, lemon and, uh, and honey uh, throughout their labors. And uh, here, drink as much as you can, because your body will also be peeing more when you're in water. That's, that's part of what gives you more oxytocin, because it changes Uh, things within your brain and directs your body and your pituitary gland uh, to um, to excrete more urine Uh, I'm I'm sure everybody's gone to a swimming pool gone to the bathroom come in gone to this into the swimming pool and then five minutes later they have to pee again (laughs) so and, and that's that's the the thing one of the best preparations for water uh for water birth is prenatal aquatic um, uh, exercises. We call it aqua yoga or, um, or um, um, aqua aerobics I've heard as well. Well, not not quite aqua aerobics that that gets into a specific exercise. But this is Watsu, which is water shiatsu and um, water birth international. Uh, I've trained and I'm uh, also certified, if you will, a trained uh, a prenatal aquatic um, instructor. Um, but we want to start within the next year here in the U.S. I, I teach in Europe, um, in China. Um, but it's a relaxation method in the water for partners. I love this type of education. Mm. Get the moms and the dads in the water in a in a nice warm uh, swimming pool, and uh, and do some exercises. But it's very specific exercises for relaxation, and uh, and trusting the process of birth. We line women up um, and their partners in a in a line together, kind of like a line dance, and they spread their legs and somebody the the next person swims through the legs like they're going through the birth canal it, it stimulates all kinds of memories because um, the husbands can hold their wives like a baby in the water and, and and it helps you go back to that prenatal existence that early childhood existence that that memory that says I'm safe the best words that you can say to a woman in labor are not, you're almost done, Um, (laughs) although that's good too, um, is you are safe. When her brain and body 
give her the message, I'm safe, then she can relax completely. And that's mm. what the water does. It cradles you. It it puts you back into your own womb-like experience. I've had hundreds of women tell me, uh, I felt like I was in a womb. And, and I said, you are, you're in a womb with a view. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and I can see how the water helps moms feel safe and helps relax. And I mean, one of the scenarios that I see all the time is, moms that are having getting you know right into labor active labor and things are getting more intense and having a little bit of a harder time coping with the with the in, in, the sensations and the intensity and then getting into the tub and immediately feeling so relaxed and so yeah. calm and even falling asleep in between contractions where a second before they were just kind of spinning around um no, I, would, I never, it's so I, lovely I, I, I never talk about pain. I mean, pain is a perception that's different for every person. Uh, so I talk about comfort. And water is the best comfort, uh, non-pharmacological comfort technique that we have to offer women. And it is essentially and critically, um, uh, there's no adversity to it. There, there are no complications from it. There's none. So it's good for VBACs. That safety, you know, I love watching women who've had a previous cesarean for whatever the reason, um, but especially for women who were uh, uh, had a cesarean birth for failure to progress, you know, that, that catch-all yeah. Yeah, catch phrase. And they get it in the water. And I discourage a vaginal exam. I, the water, uh, I said, you're in a process and the baby's coming out. So what information are we going to gather? Um, just let's pay attention to all the other signs and cues and, and listen to the baby and monitor. The, the water is safe and she feels safe and, and she progresses much more quickly. And you see that in the studies that have been done on VBAC and water birth, 85% um, uh, success rate. 85%. It's a huge so, number. It is. It is. And there's absolutely no reason it cannot be integrated into the safety-minded security system of hospitals. Water in itself and water for VPEX. I just wrote a letter to a hospital um, uh, giving them some protocols about uh, VBAC and water birth. And all we have to do to meet the criteria for the the ACOG and and the insurance companies is make sure that we have a waterproof telemetry monitor and they're getting smaller and smaller and smaller. There's one that actually tapes onto the front of the belly so you don't have to wear straps or anything. It just tapes on and, and it's good for 10 times so you can get in and out of the water at least 10 times before you'd have to change the tape. But it's just this small little patch that goes onto the belly and so you're not uncomfortable. So, and and um, I, I, you know, you look at the complications or the complexities. I don't like the name or the term high risk and low risk. I look at complexities. Everybody has complexities. You and I have complexities. Um, I gave birth uh, in 1978 in a hospital strapped to a bed, my arms strapped down, IVs against and, and, and drugs against my, my screaming at the, at the nurses. I don't want it. I don't want it. They pumped me full of drugs. 
my baby was taken away. And that's why I do what I do today. Um, uh, 39 years later. <laughs> so um, it's funny how most of us came into birth work. A lot of people come into birth work because of how our own experiences. Exactly. However, it, they were sort of nudges in that direction. So, so that's why I educate doctors, midwives, nurses, and parents on the normal process. I love teaching parent classes and, and everywhere I go, I always tell everybody, well, I, I do a workshop, but also let me throw in a parent class, a parent um, um, session, a three hour, four hour parent session for free, you know, so you can offer it for free to the public. They can come in. I'll talk about water birth. I'll, and I'm, and, and I've had, thousands of parents in these classes as a matter of fact I walked into a an auditorium a huge auditorium in China and I had 500 parents there uh, 500 pregnant women and their partners and um, and they said you know teach us a parent class for two hours um, and they had provided birth balls for every woman and yoga mats for every woman so we got down and dirty and did exercises and um, because birth needs to be active birth birth is is as active as you are having sex i mean you know make it enjoyable and i know those two orgasmic and birth don't necessarily go together but thank goodness deborah pascale bonero mm -hmm. uh produced orgasmic birth and and i helped with the fundraising for that and we had it on my website for a long time but but yes it's and and we don't think of it as orgasm orgasm but we think of it as pleasure birth can be pleasurable birth can be enjoyable and the and the stories that you tell afterwards uh, don't have to be the torture and the nightmares and the and the the degradation that happens all over the world um, I sat with the head of a hospital in um, uh, Alexandria Egypt last November um, after I'd given uh, several workshops and a big pan-African conference. And, um, and I, I told him, I said, you know what? I know why women in, in Egypt are asking for cesarean section. And he said, oh, please clue us in because their cesarean rate in Egypt, the national cesarean rate is 73%. And if the, if the national rate is 73%, that means that some of the practices are 100%. And it just... Yeah, it, I'm from Venezuela and it's similar. Oh, it, absolutely. Yeah. I've been to Venezuela as well. So it, um, So I said to him, women come in asking for cesarean section because you're only offering them two options behind door a is a horrific experience that leaves them disabled dishonored disrespected um, abused physically mentally and emotionally and their babies are taken away you have taken a perfectly normal natural process and turned it into something you know medicalized and and it causes problems for the rest of their lives and they don't want that they don't want that at all and and behind door b is a 20-minute surgery and you mm -hmm. don't have to think about it and yes it 
it will change your life for the rest of your life. A cesarean birth is a serious, a serious um, um, surgical procedure, and there are effects on the baby mentally, emotionally, and physically. Don't even get me started talking about the microbiome, but um, but that's why women come to you requesting a cesarean because they don't want the torture chamber that you're offering, and he looked at me and he leaned in and said, will you come here and help us change this? And I said, yes. And I'll bring all my friends with me. (laughs) (laughs) I won't come alone. (laughs) Exactly. And I have, I have many friends in Egypt and I answer questions practically on a daily basis from doctors and from childbirth instructors. And um, I feel like I'm a, I, I'm the, yay, yes, absolutely, the support team. But women all over the world are lacking confidence in their bodies. They're lacking confidence in the system. They're lacking confidence in their procreative abilities and their mothering abilities and that we need to return that to them you know uh, i was uh, absolutely uh, i was a a leader in the movement in the in the 80s too uh when we had a spike in the v-back rate when we when we um when we got out there and and we handcuffed ourselves to beds because we wanted our husbands present and 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 we fought for our rights and now we don't need to fight quite so much we need to use intelligence and and studies we have all of the information we need we need to go educated and and understand the beauty and the and the the sensuality of our bodies and and go to those childbirth classes and get inspired take take some form of hypnosis bliss born hypno babies i don't care what it is but use the tools because never in the history of humanity have we known so much of what can assist a woman to respect her innate processes and assist a baby and respect their innate processes and allow pleasure to happen in birth. Never before in history. Never. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is a very historic time. And if you want a water birth in a hospital. Yeah, I was going to ask you, Barbara, what can the new and expectant parents that are listening do to so that they can actually birth their babies in the hospital, in the water, in the hospital and not have to like be in a bliss in labor in the water and then have to get out the minute they feel they need to push? How can they have it so that they can just stay right there? Education, 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 and it starts with educating you. But the, the, the plan ahead, plan for your next baby. So if you're planning a baby three years from now, or two years from now, or eighteen months from now, um, don't come to me and say I want to have a water birth in Rochester Hospital um, in three months because it's not going to happen. We need to plan ahead. And that's all going to be in the book. It's in Gentle Birth Choices as well there, but I'll go into much more detail and we have much more information. These are the steps that it takes to get a hospital from point A to point Z and back again to from double A to double Z. And, um, and 
I can send those papers out now. Uh, I've got everything linked, um, and it will be we're we're launching a new website Friday on waterbirth.org, and this is how you get water birth into hospitals. And and the the more information that you have and can share and tell them, here's a list of hospitals in my state that do this, and and we can provide you with all of that information. But I often joke with women on the phone or by email, uh, make the nurse manager or the the director of women's services your new best friend. Uh, and go to her with kindness and 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 true um, uh, curiosity and and willingness to uh, work within the system because I've watched and helped hospitals set this up and and there is a language of the hospital that you have to learn you have to understand the the director of OB and the director of pediatrics and the director um, you know you have to use the right terminology of environmental services it's a corporation and basically you're going in with a corporate policy change and to get a corporate policy change, there are certain steps that have to take place. And I've laid it all out and and I can guide you through that process. You don't have to go in there blind and you don't have to go in angry. As a matter of fact, if you go in angry, you will not get what you want. Well, I love that you have created that so that, you know, listeners and, and moms and everywhere and doulas and, you know, birth junkies everywhere don't have to reinvent the wheel, but have no. a clear plan of how, because I find, and then it's about doing the legwork. And that's huge and fantastic because I find that half the time it's, I want to, you know, you have the initiative to do it, but have no clue how to. So yay for for this. And and you say the website's going to be out very soon for Waterbirth. Well, water, waterbirth.org is up, and, uh-huh. and it's but it's very cluttered and it's very old. And we've got this new, beautiful, streamlined waterbirth. And the last thing that I have to do today is write a new bio. <laughs> That's what it's kind of like a a time sequence. My, my designers uh, said, Barbara, you've you've created so much, you've done so much, and and your bio says nothing about that, you know. So, so they gave me an assignment uh, or, or last week that said, um, "Please do a timeline and um, uh, and put all these amazing events on the timeline." And as soon as I get that in, they said they can launch. Oh, fantastic! <laughs> and it, I mean, you are amazing. You have like all the certifications. So I think a timeline is a beautiful way of of <laughs> letting people visualize what your past forty years have been like. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I was inspired because my grandmother, uh, Estella Harper Lemunyan, was a um, a nurse and a midwife. She graduated from her school, um, and I went to the same school uh, 50 years later, but she graduated from her school in um, uh, 1919. And uh, she, at one point, she and and Dr. Otis in Salina, Ohio, uh, she lived in the township of Mercer, um, had delivered every single citizen that was alive in that in that township and county. And it just, it was, 
you know, I knew where babies came out of before I knew how they got in there. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. So I, I'm I'm part of a of a wonderful tradition, and water birth is a gift. It's a gift that keeps on giving because those babies are calm, centered, focused right from the beginning. They look up at you and smile. And gently born babies will do that. Gently born babies who are connected to their mothers in that sacred space of the sanctuary, the habitat for expressing their their divine nature the baby is the most connected person in the room and and we need to listen and talk to babies a lot more and in birth bath and beyond i i talk about uh how to how to foster that connection if you're pregnant you put your hands on your belly 10 times a day 15 times a day and say i love you thank you i can't wait to see you I hear you. I'm here for you. And when you do that, you're telling yourself that same thing. Because if you didn't get that, if you didn't have that connection, wherever there's have have been rupture, there can be repair. Wherever there has been uh, a feeling of not enoughness, there can be a feeling of great connection and we have enough. We, we truly can heal the planet when we heal our births. Mm, absolutely. Barbara, thank you so, so much for all that you do and for taking the time to, to let us know and tell us a little bit about the things that you're doing. You said your um, the book Birth, Bath and Beyond is uh, will be available in 2017. Is that correct? Yeah. Yes. Yes. We'll, we'll look forward to it very much so. Well, thank you for having me today, Adriana. It's been a pleasure, and uh, I wish everyone a blessed day, a blessed week, and uh, whenever they listen to this, take care. Mighty Mamas, I love to hear from you. So share with me your thoughts, and if there's a certain topic you'd like to know more about, let me know. Stay in touch by following Birthful on Facebook or Twitter, or subscribe at birthful.com. And if you're pregnant, don't forget to go grab my Birth Partners Ultimate Labor Support Toolkit at birthful.com slash toolkit. The title song for this podcast is Vive Ace by Kevin McLeod, and the sponsor spot song is Air Hockey Saloon by Chris Zabriskie. Find them both at freemusicarchive.org. I'm Adriana Lozada. Please join me next week when I'll be talking to another maternity pro to inform your intuition here at the Birthful Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Hey, Adriana here. I wanted to let you know that starting this week, we'll be going back to our older format of one episode per week so that we can start easing into the summer and you can have more time catching up and going through our fabulous birthful library. Happy listening.